Well, hello, Marys, and welcome to a very special episode of All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary, which, of course, you know is our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little BDBD TV show. I'm Johnny. And I am Colin. And <clears throat> today, we have Kevin Finney from Metrosource Magazine here to talk about some pretty exciting stuff coming up uh, in the New York area. Um, so, Kevin, welcome. Thank you very much. It's a delight to be with the both of you at oh. the same time. Yes, yeah. at the same time. We've heard there. that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what's what's cool about uh, Kevin being here is that uh, Kevin, you're here to talk about um, some some gay things, actually. Imagine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, on all right, Mary. Uh, all yeah. right, Mary with Metrosource. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I think the main thing that I, I think we should start with, perhaps, is this gala. Uh, that's coming up on January uh, 19th, or January 15th is where it is. Yes, so. January 15th, the People We Love Gala. Give us the down low. Well, the down low is that we have been doing this for decades. Uh, the magazine itself is, I think, like almost 30 years old. I and mean, it, it's the go-to magazine mm -hmm. when you go to a bar. You grab that. Yes. You see where all the shows, the pictures. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Thank you very kindly. I, I do like to say that it is almost the nicest and best thing you can get for free at a gay bar. <laughs> it's true. Almost. Blow jobs are probably the best <laughs> see thing. that's up, <laughs> up to the individual oh mm. there you go mary and all kinds of ways to pay i mean oh know? we all Venmo. pay oh yeah yeah <laughs> right no mistake yeah you, city md one right? way yeah. or another yep yeah it's uh oh. <laughs> there's a debit yeah oh uh, so so we digress so okay so metro source so yeah so this is the very first time that we've decided to take the event live we're very excited about it we have a whole host of people that we're you know going to be honoring some of them will be appearing by video and some of them will be appearing in person uh i was lucky enough and uh happy to have interviewed don lemon who is in fact our guy of the year our yes. cover boy and uh He's remarkable in more ways than I can tell you quickly. Uh, and John Waters, the director of, uh, of things like Serial Mom and Ugh. the man who brought Divine into the world. That's right. And I asked John, uh, would there even be a RuPaul, or let alone a drag race, without Divine? And he had some interesting things to say about that, too. So John will be appearing by video. Amazing. But uh, there are a whole host of people, Kenneth uh, in the 212, Randy Rainbow, Adam Rippon, a whole bunch of folks, Janelle Monet. And uh, we're just, this is our, our opportunity to celebrate the people that we love and people that we think they've made a real contribution in, over the last year. Absolutely. And I know that in the, uh, the print magazine, there is a lot of information about all of these different people or mm -hmm. comedian or organization. Um, and then online, these articles are, they seem to be coming out uh, slowly over the month. You're a clever lad. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets by you. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we're doing it sort of as a rollout to try to keep interest, you know, buzzing along. We don't want to deluge people with all of it at once. Sure. And uh, it's sort of like, you know, a little advent calendar. Yeah. Push the little candy out oh. daily, and oh, uh, I love those. Little, yeah. little pellets for you know <laughs> the the little people running on the hamster wheel. <laughs> I always cheat by December thirteenth and just eat the whole calendar. Do you really do oh, that? I can't. Me yeah. too. No. And the paper. I mean, I yeah. eat it all. Yeah. So so my mother usually buys me an advent calendar. We're gonna digress because that's what we do. It. I'm sure. Right, Mary. Yeah. Um, she buys me an advent calendar, but I don't usually get to New Jersey until Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. So then I can eat twenty four chocolates. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Then you just ransack that. 
house of little chocolates. <laughs> Turn it upside down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, that sounds great. Um, speaking of a of of a wealth of goodies, I do want to talk about some of these names on this list. Oh, so these are fabulous. There are some. Let's dish. There are some all right, Mary favorites, and I would, I would. I would be so wrong to not start with Hannah Gatsby. We have to start with her. Because she, I think, for us this year, uh, in terms of queer figures in the media, I think made such an impact on us and a lot of our listeners. So I was just thrilled to see like you guys are recognizing her as well. Yeah, I mean, she has made an impact that is almost seismic. Yeah. You know? sure. and, and done so much good at a time when so much is going wrong for the LGBTQ community. So. Mm-hmm. And for women, you know, Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I think uh, a lot of what she had to say was about LGBT, but also it being a female LGBT yeah. person, right? Yeah, and I think here, there were so many things she was she said in Nanette that I think, I mean, you know, we had no way of knowing the things we'd be seeing in the media every day in the coming months, but the things that she was saying about assault, the things that she was saying about gender, the things that she was saying about misogyny, it was like this weird premonition of things we'd see play out, sure. you know? And sure. it was, it just almost kind of galvanized it. Like what she did this year with Nanette, like, was that significant because oh, totally. it was relevant, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think in some ways it, you would have to compare it to the Black Lives Matter movement because you don't know what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes until they give a detailed explanation and they kind of you you put yourself in line next to them at the bank and you have no idea right. what mm-hmm. their lives are like right. and she really opened that world in a in a significant way yeah, yeah. no yeah. we're huge fans of of her uh, i'm assuming she's not going to be there you never know <laughs> I I cannot confirm that she will be there. Okay, how's okay. that? All right, I like okay. that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so John Waters, any any anything to add? The thing that I mean, we d- we've re- reviewed uh, Serial Mom, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably our favorite. John Waters, me, but I mean, I like Pink Flamingos. That's probably my favorite. Yeah. Or Female Trouble. I like I like Desperate Living, and I feel like I need to revisit um, hair, not hairspray, um, polyester. Oh, because I think I might actually end up loving that the sure. most. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's a director we love. Is is it a filmmaker director we love? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and he—he's actually—I uh, made this up just for him, but I think we're going to be continuing it on. It's the first time ever we presented somebody with a legacy award oh, or okay. a lifetime mm-hmm. of achievement. I—I I went to Baltimore to see Baltimore, yes, so, yes. <laughs> to see his uh, his art exhibit, and it's it's art that he's created over the last 50, 60 years. Wow, and it's it's a stunning array. Wow, of gobbledygook, you know, mm-hmm. and it is immaculately crafted like most of his movies sure but has that sort of twisted sensibility that makes you i I mean how do you make fun of (laughs) 9-11 how do you make fun of the kennedy assassination he finds a way to twist it in it so that you get something new out of the experience sure because there aren't very many funny things about either of those events right Mm -hmm. uh and yet he managed to point out the absurdity and the chaos of life and how, just how random things can be. Oh, wow. Brilliant guy. And um, I, you asked me where you actually posited the question, something about what I could say that he talked about. Yeah, he said, I haven't made a movie in 15 years. <laughs> and people still refer to me as director John Waters. Sure. So, sure. And just incredibly humble right this guy's sweet as pie right you would never know what goes on between those ears yeah i mean i don't look i I don't want to steal your thunder so i would love for you to talk about his quote about drag queens back in the day versus now yeah you know so it was really funny because when i when i was speaking to him i i wanted to see if i could draw him out about 
how Drag Race has sort of changed the whole. I mean, drag was sort of in the margins of society before Drag Race came along, and it took a lot of limping before Drag Race actually became a race. Sure. You know, the first couple of seasons, it was a, a a little thing for gay bars to show on Monday night. Right. And now it's World of Wonder, you know, and right. Drag Con. It's BH1, all of this. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy pants. So. <clears throat> He said that he knew Rue uh, way back when, and uh, I asked him if, if there would be a RuPaul without Divine, and he said, I, I couldn't tell you, but I, I do know that, uh, that Divine made drag queens hip. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you can certainly, you know, I, it's hard to follow the, uh, is it Pink Flamingos, the concluding scene in Pink Flamingos? Right. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's a hard Being act to scene. follow. Yeah. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Daddy says no. Yeah. That's not the sequel. <laughs> my I'm body, my for. choice. Yeah. <laughs> Get away from me with that. <laughs> I well, you know, in, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. in, in terms of like uh, being hip, right, uh, so much of drag back in the 50s and 60s was about Miss Continental and being a beautiful female illusion. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then Divine comes in and it's like, okay, this isn't about like tricking you at all. Yeah. This is actually about pointing it out that I am a man. Mm -hmm. right? Yes. I find that really sort of fascinating, having interviewed like dozens of drag queens at this point, and I'm about to go and talk to the drag queens from season four of All Stars oh, great. on Wednesday. <gasps> so I'm I'm super excited. I'm always stoked because it's it's impossible to get enough great questions for these ladies to answer. Sure. Anyway, so somebody like Dina Martina is the same way, you know, she's there's no illusion about whether or not she's male or female, and yet that's still part of the game. Interestingly, a little side note about Dina, I was doing interviews with all the, the queens in P-Town one summer, and I asked if I could talk to her, and she said, I'm sorry, no. And I said, how come? I'm like, I'm not a big deal, but I'm I'm very sincere, like, you know, the pumpkins in the patch uh, in the Charlie Brown special. <laughs> but she said, I, it, Dina does not know she's not real, so I can't talk about Dina. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Dina oh, thinks wow. she's real. Oh wow! And I was—that was the most original and unusual and gobsmacking take on drag I think I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Oh wow! And yeah. as opposed to Coco Peru, who comes out and talks about being a guy. Okay, yeah. so so we've gotten to this meat of the matter here. Coco mm -hmm. Peru—he drops this bomb. Of course, yeah, um, yeah. So, casual Coco. So you yeah. have interviewed Coco Peru on Trick Two, yes. which uh, is coming out. I don't think we've talked about that on the podcast. No, we, we yet. have not. Um, I, I think we probably talked about it off the podcast. Sure, and it just didn't pop up that like. Yeah, it's going to be all about the apps and yeah. and uh, and dating that way. Yeah, I'm I'm really I mean it's like when I think about trick in some ways the first thing I think about is that payphone at the end and yeah. it's like oh sure. this is a whole new yeah. world. Right. I'm very excited. And about then it. coming yeah. in your eye, how oh, it burns. Well, right, that's yeah. that's eternal. <laughs> you know that'll never go out of style. Um, so uh, speaking of which, so tell us about Coco Peru. Tell us about the your experience with her. So Coco is remarkably candid. She's very poised and she's so funny, uh, it, not just in a typical drag queen way. So I'd never seen her completely live in a show setting before. And I saw her in P-Town. She had agreed already to talk to me. And I was she just picks up little things in her life and turns them into bits and and cobbles those together into a narrative that has an overarching point. OK, mm -hmm. is that. That's very heady, but yeah. no, we get that. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, we're with you. We're, I'm well, with you. Yeah. that's very funny that you would say that because w when I talked to her after the show, I said your show has so many levels, and she she looks at me, she says, "Oh, you got the levels." 
<laughs> so you know, I'm I'm sure that after signing autographs and handing out T-shirts and what have you, um, she's like used to hearing all kinds of things. Yeah. And she was just responding off the cuff, mm -hmm. but she's brilliant and. She wrote the monologue that she does in the film. Mm -hmm. She, Amazing. I believe, and I'm, I'm, if my memory serves me correctly, she was supposed to play Tori Spelling's part. Wow. And wow. Enter her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Give then, me a fucking fries. And then Tori Spelling came along, and okay. and everybody involved with the film says, "Well, you have to keep Coco. Right. What are you going to do? Right. Yeah. So Coco wrote Coco." Oh, and I love that. Yeah. Nobody does Coco. Yeah. That's right. And like sometimes, Coco. I mean, obviously Tori is amazing in that movie, but sometimes it's like, I always think, I think we may have talked about this, maybe with Bitch Pudding, of like, sometimes it's better to have the, like, the receptionist role that gets all the five good lines That's right. than like the executive with the 27 interesting but not really funny lines. Yes. You know, I'd rather steal the show than lead the show. Yeah. So, and, I mean, and Tori basically played a drag queen. Yeah. Right? Oh, was, yeah, totally. Yeah. I could see how that could be interchangeable casting. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... um. I was going to say, oh, what I like about Coco Peru, I mean, I, what I've seen, and I think a lot of people have seen, of course, is her YouTube videos. Yeah. Is that, you know, Coco goes to Target and goes and looking for the Tension Tamer tea. Oh, and, for sure. And what I love about that is it's a, like, it's Coco bringing drag into, like, mundane America. Mm. And, and not, you know, we talked about before the episode started that we talked about Trick, that it was like the first gay movie you didn't have to apologize for. And I feel like Coco goes into Target and she's like, yeah, I'm in drag. If you have a problem with it, that's a you problem. I have a problem with this, you know, with this candy. This bothers me, you know? And <laughs> totally. I just think that is it like weirdly inspiring that she just is that kind of present with her with herself in drag? Sure. I you know, I think that one of the things that we all need to keep in mind during what I'm now referring to as the new dark ages mm -hmm. uh, in which we live is it is so important to be Fearlessly and, and, and fiercely yourself. Yeah. Sure. Do not let these people push you around. You know, day before yesterday, I believe, was the 40th anniversary of the assassination of Harvey Milk. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a piece uh, that's up on uh, Metrosource.com right now about what Harvey might say if he was looking around the world today, if he hadn't been murdered and taken from us. And I used his own words. And <clears throat> it's so important to be out, to stay out, to fight the good fight, you know, and the uh, he and Dr. King had a lot in common in that they both had this vision. Uh, Dr. King called it the beloved community of what it might look like to have a truly egalitarian society where we all could walk and live amongst each other. And this whole notion of divide and conquer will work for a while, and it'll work always. You know, it's like somebody once said, "You can fool some of the people some of the time." Uh, you know, there is a segment of America that is dim-witted and cannot be reached. Mm -hmm. the, the deplorables, as Hillary called them. Mm -hmm. But yeah. for the rest of the rest of America, you know, drag race, <coughs> pardon me, if it's done anything, it has shown us all um, just how willing Americans are to sit in their, you know, in their double wides and mm -hmm. watch something like Drag Race. Right. Yeah. Facts are facts, America. Yeah. 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 Rue always refers to like Betty and Joe beer can as kind of like the template for these, you know, these people that are can feel unreachable. And I think a lot of Drag Race fans, a lot of, you know, queer fans feel like Drag Race becoming more mainstream is like, oh, it's getting diluted and we're losing it. It's going to the straight people. And it's like, even if some of that's true, right. I think it's a worthy sacrifice for 
We're always going to have queerness, right? right? We are always going to have our queerness that is going to continue to push boundaries forward, right? Because the it's thing a about limitless amount. exactly queerness mm-hmm. is about the horizon continuing to just be mm-hmm. the horizon, and you don't become less queer just because other people are watching Drag Race. Right. I do. I don't know. You think <laughs> does it take away from your? I yeah, can't predict it. It comes yeah. and goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would. I want to. I I would amplify that only by saying that the gay. The, the gay strata is continuing to expand. You know, uh, bear culture uh, derived out or came out of uh, uh, hating that you didn't fit into the obsession ad Abercrombie and Fitch model. Right. Uh, puppies and handlers came out of uh, 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 subs and doms, and you know, on and on and on. So there are always going to be gay people at the margins, mm-hmm. and to have a certain segment of that appropriated or assimilated, I don't think that it destroys us I think that it helps other people have a window into who we are sure mm-hmm. yeah. and I think anytime you navigate into like I think of a lot of the queer parties in Bushwick or you think of some of the more you know uh, wait I live in Bushwick where are these parties there you know <laughs> it, it's not really an address it's really sort of a, a series of fine movements. he doesn't yeah. want to tell me I, I, no, I've been sworn to secrecy to no, yeah fine. what I had That's to pay great. to learn this info um, <laughs> But, you know, where you think of just like different like fetish situations and, and you know, beyond Folsom Street, because I think that's gotten um, a little bit diluted. But you go to those situations, and those places, and you realize, oh, this is never going to get like whitewashed away. Like, right. There's always, uh, to your point, there's always going to be this. Yeah. You'll never see Lindsey Graham there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, and, you know, for that, we can be thankful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. God, I hope we won't, because that'll <laughs> talk about killing a buzz. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, let's go on to some more of these people we love. Uh, I, the next one on that I wrote down uh, is Pose, um, being a cast and creative team that we love. Yes. Uh, what's your experience with Pose? Almost nothing, oh, because really? we have to divide and conquer oh, at I Metro see. Source. It's a mm-hmm. very, very small team. Okay, it's Paul and me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, and maybe you guys, if you if you contribute. Sure. But sure. Paul is the Poseaholic. Oh, so I I, I, okay. I defer to all oh, matters pose mm-hmm. on all matters pose to Paul because Paul will talk your ear off. Oh, my God. Should we call him? Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh, and later. on the line right now. Yeah. <laughs> Is the caller there? Yeah. <laughs> caller, you're on the air. Yeah. Um, so with, with pose, uh, I remember when it first came on, I was like, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is this Ryan Murphy going to turn this into? Like, yeah. I was into Nip Tuck. Like, I loved how subversive that was. Even Glee, the first episode. I was like, this is so gay. And I, I remember love that this. too. Yeah. Um, and then even American Horror Story season one, I'm like, this is so gay. I love this. Yeah. And then pose, and I'm like, wait a second. This Ryan, Ryan Murphy, what are you? Yeah. And then it and then I and then a lot more came out of who the writers and contributors were, who they were casting. Um, the the white people that I found out about uh in the story, I think that was Evan Peters and uh Kate Mara. Yeah. Um very secondary and also kind of acting as foils like you kind of need those yeah. spaces there mm-hmm. um and so oh and um the Dawson's Creek guy what's James his name Vanderbeek? James Vanderbeek's oh is yeah, he in yeah, it yeah oh. he plays uh Evan Peters boss uh-huh. um oh but, that's right yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. but um so all of these new trans actors and these people of gay people of color that we're seeing mm-hmm. on that show um, it's now a platform that has has grown. It's going to have a second season, and Ryan Murphy, I don't think, is doing anything with it. Mm. Um, All I know, yes, uh, and this is—I don't think it's scuttlebutt. I think it's the actual fact—is that the second season picks up with the Madonna. Oh wow! Bust through with with Vogue. Oh, with Vogue. So wow. it, it it's going to be. I mean, 
it, it, I was an adult for many years by the time that happened. So it's really? going to be. You, yeah. you must have been six years old, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, no, I'm 63. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I've been around. Anyway, so I'm, I, when I watch it, I'm going to, I'm going to lock myself in a small room. Yeah. And grab some tissues. Yeah. For some reason or another. You never know. <laughs> yeah. You never, it might be an inspiring commercial. Who knows? Uh, um. <laughs> Well said. Um, the other one on this list um, is Sage. What do you know about Sage? Or was that Kevin's? No, no. That's, or, sorry, Paul's. No, I, I know plenty about Sage. In, in point of fact, when I arrived in New York City almost four years ago, I was born in Brooklyn but lived in Texas and Seattle and New Orleans and L.A. And so um, what I know about Sage is that when I got here, one of the first things I wanted to do was to see how marketable I was. Oh. So – there were adult education classes there. Right. And uh, it's this will surprise a lot, perhaps, of your listeners to know that you are considered to be SAGE-worthy. And, and SAGE basically is an outreach, uh, sort of a warehouse kind of thing, an umbrella organization for people who are elderly right. and, and gay, LGBT. And not even – and the people that I've interacted with there, not all of them were gay even. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And basically their clientele is – 40 and up. Oh, wow. So I've been, I walked in the You've door. You've been working say, I've been, for 23 years. I say, I've, been, I've been eligible for this for 20 years. <laughs> right. Yikes. Um, I did, uh, I ran a program there for a year uh, uh, singing. So every, mm -hmm. every Thursday from like one to three, we would just sing songs. And mm -hmm. it's great to see them all come together and just get so geeked out about the oldies that they love. Yeah. And then trying to educate me on some of the oldies that they love. Because yeah. I just was, I walked in there being like, I'm the young one, teach me, you know, yeah. instead of me really teaching them how to sing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th I think, did, did you have misconceptions about it when you uh, first thought about going? Because I sort of did. I, I thought I've it might be like an old age home kind oh, of thing, you know? Um, Sad I, and pathetic. I it's nothing like that. I didn't think of anything real. I, I thought of it as a really great opportunity to learn something, actually. Because mm -hmm. I was like, here are all these people that have seen and lived through things, oh. and I'm kind of like all right I'm, I'm i'm here for it i the first time i learned about sage was actually through the new york city gay men's chorus does um sing-alongs um once a month every friday night and basically we sing and then many of them get up and just do like karaoke and they kill it there's so much life in mm -hmm. these singers and so i was like okay i'm gonna work with this organization. yeah you know it, i think that people don't really get old until they start to lose touch with the society in which they're living okay they become more and more shut in and more and more isolated and certainly the gay world heretofore at least has been very youth-centric and and this is one way of keeping people connected uh, and I think it's marvelous, and they do a great, great job. Hence, their appearances. They were my nominee. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to the one in the Bronx, which is like the, the folks up there are fucking fantastic. The one in Manhattan has a different energy about it because it's, uh, it's a little smaller. Yeah. Uh, but the one in the Bronx, man, the, the shows and the uh, activities that they put on up there are uh, immaculate. Yeah. Yeah, I just love those people. I've never been, but I remember, like, marching in the Gay Pride Parade with, the, with Gotham Volleyball, and I remember seeing that, like, Sage had one of those NYU trolley buses, and I was <laughs> like, that's gay wisdom over there. You get a fucking trolley bus for Hell this. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And I was like, Sage, these are my people. So that alone I was sold. <laughs> I, they win just for that. Oh, that's fabulous. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, so somebody that uh, I think has drag race connections is Randy Rainbow. Yeah. A New Yorker. Yes. So Randy. I mean, what can you say about Randy? There, 
there are two people who I think, and I'm not even sure Donald Trump is aware. I call him 45 oh, mm. or the Cheeto. Yeah, sure, sure. For, yeah. And you spell that however you like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure that uh, 45 is aware of Randy Rainbow's existence, but God almighty, he, you know, he makes waking up and seeing the crap that Donald Trump is putting us through seem funny. Right. All, yeah. All the time. His stuff is brilliant. And uh, I met him uh, in a really strange circumstance. I, I met him in Randy. the Eagle uh, or? No. Not, <laughs> no, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be all that strange. <laughs> um, that would be Tuesday. <laughs> um, yeah, I met him at uh, the conclusion of a production of the Laramie Project oh. uh, about two months ago, and uh, I met him and Adam Rippon backstage. Oh wow! It was Adam Rippon's first acting experience. And are, are you familiar with the, the Laramie Project? You of know course, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know I that threw it's the book across the room after the first act. Yeah, it was yeah. based on the actual events uh, surrounding uh, the murder of Matthew Shepard. And Matthew's parents were in attendance. It was an all-star kind of event. Uh, Samira Wiley was in the cast. Fabulous. It was a huge, huge deal. And um, at the end of the play, there's a moment where uh, his father gives a speech. Matthew, uh, Matthew Shepard's father gives a speech about how much he would like to see the perpetrators put to death. I don't say their names. Um, but he said, I realize that that's not what Matthew would want. Right. And so... Um, I'm going to recommend that you spend life in jail and think about him every day you wake up and thank him for being alive. And at the moment when that speech was to be uh, read, they said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dennis Shepard. Wow. Oh, no way. Wow. So Matthew's father, and oh, it chokes wow. me up. You see, I'm, oh, I'm like having a moment. Yeah, he came out and gave the exact same oh, speech. Wow. It tripped us out. Wow. I oh went downstairs God. and I did my job and I talked to Adam and I talked to Randy and they were both like like me, just gobsmacked. Oh my God. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And and I did my job and then I went out into the street and I cried for yeah. about twenty minutes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. yeah. It's so it, just thinking about like the Laramie project and just thinking like there's something it, I think it speaks to certain generations in different ways, you know, and I think about, I think 10 years from now, you know, 15 years from now, whatever, I think about what does that sound like to, to a young gay person in high school in 15 years, yeah. you know, because I know what it sounds like to me, yeah. you know, and it's just, I don't know, not that it's bad or good or better or worse, but just like the way that that story endures, um, and in some ways you don't want it to, you almost don't want it to be relevant. Like why should, like you don't ever forget, but it should be something that we don't, it should be something of the past we don't ever experience anymore. Sure. Um, but I think we feel like we're in a time now where it seems more relevant. Right. Well, you know? in, yeah. In fact, that's what we talked about backstage mm -hmm. because as far as I'm concerned, it makes my blood boil. And I think that the current administration is inviting that. It's mm. inciting that. It is giving permission for that to happen anytime, anywhere. And it just makes me crazy because people are going to die. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. so we all have to be more vigilant. We have to be more out. We have to be more together. We need to be safe and we need to be visible. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I think it's funny because I'm thinking about there. there's so much. I think there's so many of us, things, women, gay people, minorities, anyone who's really not a straight white man is feeling that same sense of like being vigilant and, and being aware and being present. And then at the same time, I think 
it's important to remember where someone like John Waters or RuPaul or someone else fits in who says, and also remember, don't take this life too seriously. Right. And how do you find the balance of both so that you can face the day and face it clearly? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I just think, like, I don't know the answer to that, but I think it's important that we remember that there's that perspective as well. Sure. So that we don't lose ourselves in the darkness because there's still Every someone... Every time we open up the newspaper. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. still someone like John Waters saying, yeah, but, like... This whole world, it's all kind of ridiculous. Right. Don't forget right. this world's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't actually agree more than mm -hmm. with you, Colin. I, to me, the, the sooner you get to the notion that life is chaotic and it's, it, it's anarchic mm -hmm. uh, and that we control only a very, very small part of it. That's right. And so much less than we think we do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the happier you'll be. Oh, yeah. Because it's, like, mm -hmm. it's all crazy horseshit. Yeah. Right. I just dropped it. I, <laughs> I, the FCC is coming from it. We're canceled. <laughs> it's done. We lost our funding. Oh, God. Luckily, we never had any, so it's fine. <laughs> it worked out fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. It's. I. I think. Uh, I think. Just. Yeah. Remembering that. Like. The less you try to control, the less you're going to feel out of control. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good lesson mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, uh, where's the cheese? Where's the cheese on these fucking fries? Exactly, I, I cannot get hot toast. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> the butter melts out of habit. Yeah, you know the toast isn't even warm. Anyway, yeah. Ani DeFranco. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, we went through some of these people we love. I it it just makes me so thankful for the out and working and. Um, impressive uh, queer people that are doing things in this world. And I think it only scratches the surface, right? Yeah, the, sure. the people we love campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess, uh, but maybe to kind of wrap up this conversation, I'm wondering if we can talk about gay media in general. Yeah. Um, and where it was, you probably have lots of stories of people you've interviewed and, and uh, through all the lives you've The decades. Had. Yeah, mm -hmm. the decades. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, say it. Yeah. <laughs> So from that perspective, and it's like, I mean, you know, it's the wealth of history is like from from where you are now looking back, looking forward. What's your point of view on gay media today and where you feel like it's going? Could you? This is a huge special now yeah. on all queer people that are doing things. So, yeah, I, I when you have gay anchors like Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon and Rachel Maddow uh, and Thomas Roberts and. Uh, my little heartthrob, Ronan Farrow, got oh. canceled, but I'm, I'm, I haven't given up on trying to get him. You know, okay. uh, at least for an interview. For an interview, for an interview. Or, yeah, yeah, and yeah. an interview maybe yeah. Yeah, while he's there. <laughs> um, I, I think that, I, I don't think that the Trump administration's uh, attempt to put us all back in a box is going to work. I don't think that you know. It, this is the same like back to Africa movement. We're not going mm -hmm. right. where you can't put us all on a boat and ship us away. We're not leaving here. We are as indigenous as you are. Mm -hmm. So this whole notion of divide and conquer, I think, is a temporary thing. And I think that we are so well entrenched and so visible. I think that's one of the things that Harvey would be proud of is that you can't you can't point to almost a profession and not find some person of note who happens to be LGBTQ. Right. So that's that's exciting. And that that obviously is beyond media. But in terms of media it, it specifically, you know, there are more representations of gay people. And, and I, I wrote an article about this a couple of weeks ago. And somebody said, oh, sure, you know, call me by your name and love Simon and um, boy erased. It's all white kids i said what about moonlight right you know yeah. right. Moonlight was fantastic the, yes it's taking some time to to get the diversity that truly represents a rainbow coalition 
but progress is progress, and you have to say, you know, we're no longer seeing crappy movies and having something like Trick be the exception. Right. You have things like Call Me By Your Name that are winning Oscars, and right. Moonlight winning Oscars. These sure. things are having an impact, and, you know, something like Boy Erased, I said to the director who I also interviewed, the guy who also plays the chief therapist, mm-hmm. right? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know anything yeah, about the, that movie. He's the conversion therapist in the film, produced the movie, and uh, directed it. Fabulous. And I said, so who is this for? It sort of like preaches to the choir. He said, well, you know what? It, it may be for parents who have a, a child who's questioning. Mm-hmm. And so there are more options and more availabilities because of the gay media. You know, it, uh, I sort of bemoan the fact that... Um, the, the magazine world isn't as strong as it once was. Sure. But look at the proliferation uh, of online things. Say, oh, like Metrosource.com. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Shameless plug. Available um, at Metrosource.com. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I'm very encouraged by all of that. And I, I honestly think that we're a an enormous genie that is not going back in a bottle anytime in the foreseeable future. And... Donald Trump, don't come home during June, honey, because it's World Pride. Yeah. yeah. Not just Gay Pride Month. World Pride. World Pride. Also, the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think it's like important, I think, to remember, and any oppressed group can attest to it, is like, if if you're going to put the fire on us, then we're going to boil. And like, we're not going to evaporate. We're not going to disappear. And I just think that like, when you come at communities that have dealt with this before and then they've finally gotten some like footing in a community, right? it's hard earned and they're not going to give it up just because you're not comfortable. And I just, I think that there are a lot of people that are very afraid that yes, that things are going to go back to some 1950s make America great again, bullshit culture. And it's like, unless you walk yourself into the closet and lock the door, it's not going to happen. Yeah, And I'm not going to do it. And, yeah. and I know a lot of people aren't. And I just think that that's so long as you're not going to do that, then that's not going to happen. Other shit could happen. You got to wonder how many people are in middle America who won't walk out of the closet because of what's happening. Mm -hmm. But that just makes me more determined to try to get them the message uh, that it it can be, it it gets better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all out. It is more accessible now because when I think about where gay media was before, Colin and I always talk about the Easter eggs Mm -hmm. that gay people leave in movies and Mm -hmm. directors and writers have left kind of for us gay people to kind of see and like, Oh, okay. She's gay. Yeah. 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 Um, And I, so it used to be very hidden. Um, And I wonder where these out people were back then, what they were doing. Did they know, did people in their lives know and then, it just wasn't reported on what was uh, what was stopping um not people from coming out but from other other people being like yeah they are Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna report on it right like like there could have been coming out on a micro level but it didn't seem like there was a macro connection of everyone seeing it yeah so someone could have been out to their family but then i think a lot of times it was like well we just won't talk about that we'll just say that that's your roommate like i think a lot of times a code was created for how to exist. Yeah, it just makes me wonder how many queer people were making art in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, mm-hmm. right? Especially the 80s, in a sense. Um, yeah, I mean, you have, uh, I mean, you have Madonna, who was a queer icon, but mm-hmm. she's not, she's not gay, right? Well, I guess, I mean, I think this is a perfect question to toss to you because uh, I was born in 1985, so I have a limited resource on this. <laughs> the year I came out. Yeah, oh, as well, wow. what perfect timing. <laughs> so from your point of view in that I've respect. I've been alive forever. <laughs> I wrote the very first song. Um, <laughs> oh, it was you. Okay, I remember that. That was me. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, so I came out the year that uh, Rock Hudson's picture was on the cover of Time having uh, died of AIDS. Mm-hmm. So I, m- my first thought was, this is coming to get me. This yeah. is chasing me down the street. Um, at the same time, I got myself a boyfriend, and we hunkered down and ate a lot of chips and salsa in Amazing. Austin, Texas, mm. and chips. watched a lot of Moonlighting and Dynasty and stuff okay. like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, so... Um, it was it was a terrifying time and and somebody like because I was the theater critic at the Daily Paper in Austin, people would come to town. People like Tommy Toon and I would hang with them and wow. people like Rex Reed, who I picked up at the airport and with my boyfriend in in the back seat and he said, "Who's uh, who's your sidekick?" I said, "That would be my boyfriend, David." Oh, wow. He said, "Are you're out in 1985 in Austin, Texas?" I said, "I am." I'm I'm keeping Austin weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was it was a terrifying moment in time. In fact, there's a, a there was a movie at the uh, the recent film festival, uh, the New Fest, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was called 1985, written and directed by a guy who lives in Austin, Texas. Oh wow! Oh, wow. So um, I wrote a very glowing uh, appreciation of. It, you know, it's so interesting to talk to guys who are half my age and find out how little, how much they've had to try to piece together of what happened yeah, during sure. that era. And I have to tell you, it was terrifying. Not just terrifying because you're gay and because there's this unknown disease out there. You didn't for a long time know how it was communicated. There was a hot minute. I remember watching Tom Brokaw say this on the NBC Evening News, that there was scientific possibility that mosquitoes could transfer this disease. Wow. And we all flipped out. I drank only beer at gay bars because I didn't want to drink out of a glass. Oh, wow. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah, and, like and, all of that. and guys these days are like, you know, hooking up is like a piece of cake anymore. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, so. it, I mean, I think it, it's it's changed drastically. I mean, I think even in in the window of, I'd say, the last 10 years, I would say in the pre and post prep era, sure. I think that has changed it so much. And, and, in ways that I think are positive, uh, you know, in ways that <laughs> so lack of a better. Yeah, term. sorry, couldn't go anywhere else. Yeah, right, in ways that I think that are really positive. Be- but I think, um, I think it's coming up a- against a lot of points of view and a lot of very valid experiences um, that have been the opposite of what's happening now. You know, and sure. I just think there's it. It becomes more of this like uh, intellectual conflict, more of this like. Uh, point of view conflict versus like actual health. People aren't really talking, I think, as much about your actual risks beyond STDs as much as like, I can't believe you're just going around barebacking. I remember a time when that was a death sentence. Right. And you don't just let that go. Right. And so I, it's an interesting conflict right now because there are people who are just like purely post-prep, you know? Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. know a life before this. Sure. Yeah. And sure. I, yes. As a single man, mm-hmm. I, I've... Did you hear that? Yeah. All right, Mary audience? Mm-hmm. Kevin Finney, yeah, single. as a single man who's actually, uh, I'm single for the first time in 35 years. Oh wow! Wow! So, Congratulations! Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brave thanks. new world. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm trying to put the stigma of the past behind me, mm-hmm. and and I try not to lecture people too much about safe sex, mm. and try not to be a slut shamer. I don't always succeed in that. 
It's tough. Yeah. I mean, we, I, we're, we're, I don't know. I have a lot of compassion for it. Um, yeah. I mean, when you're talking about piecing together what happened, I mean, Pose certainly talks about it, right? Mm-hmm. I, re- I also uh, think of the movie Dallas Buyers Club, which I think also kind of illuminated a lot of things for mm-hmm. me. Um, obviously, Milk, uh, mm-hmm. just that movie in general, um, uh, just being a part of gay history, yeah. not necessarily yeah. about uh, the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. Um, and y- as we piece it together and, and we talk to a, a kind of an older generation, mm-hmm. um, I think the thing that's missing is that like absolute terror. Yeah. Right. That yeah. like we have no idea what this is, except they're calling it mm-hmm. yeah. a gay disease. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember after hooking up, pouring Clorox on myself. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, Just cause I was tripped out. Um, here's a point that I, if, if you'll allow me, I, I just want to make this mm-hmm. to the entire LGBTQIA universe. And that is, it is a very big garden. It is a huge garden of an amazing array of humanity. And there is room for everyone. If you want to identify as a daddy, if you want to identify as a boy, if you want to identify as a dom, a sub, uh, a master, a slave, there is room for all of that. What there isn't room for is shaming people for what they choose. Yeah. And I'm talking, too, about the, the, the people who uh, romanticize the Tom of Finland 70s as the way it ought to be, mm-hmm. that now that, that you're not going to die from any of the stuff that you're likely to catch, that you should just run out and screw in the streets. Mm-hmm. The, the people who want to get married, that's okay. Yeah. If they want to live the United uh, Colors of Benetton ad sure. mm-hmm. as what gay we fought people. For. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and... and I see people on both sides of the spectrum carping about each other. You know, you're yeah. assimilating. Yeah, you know, right. what are you trying to be straight? Yeah, it's like it's just tiresome, especially when we're faced with all of the crap that we're getting from uh, the administration. We have enough enemies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And like celebrating the fact, like I think about so many straight people who. They feel like the the path and the options have been predetermined. There might be like a drop down list they could choose from, but uh, but it's very limited. And to your point, it's a very big garden. We can choose anything. We can choose to get married. We can choose to not get married. You could choose to be married to two people. Sure. You could you know you like you could you could do so many different things. You could be uh, you could have a master. You could you, there's we have so many options. We don't have to do anything at any age. For any reason, you know, in ter- in terms of those like social like mores or your like bi- biological clock, none of that applies to us. Yeah, I mean, the only social more that I think I will apply to myself and hope others do is that you're kind, right? And mm. I think that's just like a general like I don't care where you're putting what where in anybody, yeah. be kind, be kind yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I feel like I've come to that recently of of getting the point of you know you you think oh okay well. Maybe, you know, it's time to start thinking about going in this conventional direction. It's like, well, do you want to do that? Do you do you want to go back on OkCupid? It's like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't want any of that. And I don't have to. I'm pretty happy not doing it. There you go. And I just think, like, instead of arguing about what we should be doing, it's like remembering, no, one of the best parts of being gay is there's no should in terms of all that. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. queer, right? Yeah. Like, there is no should. Yeah. We absolutely can well do said. all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, before we wrap up, Mary's, uh, there is also one last part of the People We Love campaign here, and it's the legendary NYC drag queen we love. Mm-hmm. And we actually can vote on this person. 
um, the six. And we all practiced our voting just a <laughs> month or so ago, so a few weeks. Are you, so. are, are you secretly pulling for somebody? Oh, um, we'll talk about that uh, after I uh, name these nominees. Um, the nominees are. Um, so uh, basically, it's metrosource.com slash legendaryqueens to go to vote. And you can vote for either Tina Burner, Sherry Vine, Lipsinka, Head of Lettuce, Joey Arias. Arias, thank you, and Shaquita. Uh, and you have those six to choose from um, on the ballot. Um, who am I pulling for? You know, it, before DragCon, it would have been Lipsinka, but I just didn't have $25. So yeah. it's not going to be Lipsinka. Um, I told Colin before we started that uh, I would vote for Shaquita. Yeah. I've seen Shaquita host at Pieces uh, a drag competition. I just think she's got it in her bones. I think she's super talented. Um, and I love her shows. I guess uh, a second would be Sherry Vine just because her parodies like crack me the fuck up. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a tough one. I mean, I, uh, Lip Sync's Invisible Telephones is like, oh, for sure. Is like my drag. I yeah, just want to answer invisible, invisible telephones for the rest of my life. So it's hard to not vote for her. Did have a well? I didn't have a weird interaction <laughs> with Lipsinka because I knew better. Uh, so that's shame. Yeah, that's your mistake. That's not mine. Uh, so I'll vote for because I didn't. All right, I Mary. I bought uh, a I bought a button and walked away like I a bought, smart little girl. I bought all of her merch. Yeah, yeah. Who's got egg on her face now? Uh, <laughs> so and not twenty five dollars apparently. <laughs> So because uh, at DragCon and you know, listen, we, oh, it's we are fine. We're reading oh, we, her, I, but we, oh, it's all gentle. It's not even that I'm reading her. It's like I, j I just had a bad taste in my mouth mm. because I wanted to say hi to her and I waved and she wouldn't even wave back. Yeah, uh, but that's okay. But get that she, coin. Yeah, she needs that coin. She's mm -hmm. a lot of time to make up for. You she know? put those little tapes together to create those little. Com I mean, oh my god, she's brilliant. Yeah. So take my money. Yeah. 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 Uh, what about you? No. Do you have any choices? Uh, I cannot say. I okay. can't. You I want can't. all of them to win. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I hope winners, they all have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I roll. Yeah. Uh, well, with that, Marys, we're going to wrap up this uh, lovely special bonus yeah. episode with Kevin Finney. Um, if you have any thoughts on any of these people, any people that you love that you want to talk about, you can always reach out to us at All Right Mary on Twitter, or you can find us uh, on the web at www.allrightmary.com, or you can email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at Johnny Also. Uh, Kevin, if you wanted any of our Marys to reach out to you, get in touch, know anything that they should be checking out about you or other Metro stores? Yeah, I, I, I'm single. My phone number. It's going to say anything you want to let them know. This is your moment. <laughs> well, certainly the, the website is metrosource.com and uh, you can see all of the people we love. You can read my article about how to be a gay daddy. Oh, you can read my article about sleeping with a Catholic priest and not finding out until the next day. Right. You Bless can read all father. kinds of wonderful <laughs> stuff. My interview with Johnny Scandros is a very popular thing. Johnny started this little uh, app called Scruff. Oh, yeah. sure. I'm yeah. vaguely familiar. Vaguely familiar. Yeah. yeah, you might have tripped over that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and so there's a panoply. There's a whole bunch of really fascinating stuff. And we're always trying to come up with more stuff to, uh, to, to titillate the audience. We're very excited about people we love. The magazine is available uh, in many gay bars. And, in, well, I can't think of one where it's not. 
and then like doctor's offices, strangely enough. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. And clothing shops, if you can still find one. I love that. Yeah. Um, are you on uh, Twitter or Instagram or anything? Uh, Metrosource is the place to go. Got right. it. And, and we have, we're both on Facebook uh, and on Twitter as well. Okay, that sounds good. Perfect. Yeah. Um, well, and of course, Mary's, you can get more of me on my podcast in the details, a celebration of nuance, and you can get more of... Oh, actually, you get more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, and you get more of both of us at patreon.com backslash r8mary, which you know, uh, if you are a Matreon, you get a bonus episode every single week. There you go. Uh, and I don't remember what we just did or we're about to do, but if you're a Matreon, you'll know, because it's right. in your queue. Well, we're about to do Mrs. Doubtfire. We are about to do Mrs. Doubtfire. But they'll probably already <coughs> got that by now. That's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> um, and of course, Mary, is that, you know, if you have not gotten a chance to head over to iTunes and leave us a hopefully five-star rating and a hopefully positive review uh now is a great opportunity christmas is coming so is hanukkah uh and go on over to metrosource.com check out some of the articles check out Mm -hmm. some of these people we love um even if you are not a new york city person uh i think metrosource.com is available everywhere so yeah uh, go check it out our all-star four recaps are going to be on there and what's the url again for the voting for the oh sure it's uh metrosource.com slash legendary queens all right. Yes. Kevin, thank you so much for coming it's on. It's right, been Mary. a pleasure, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. All right, Mary's with that. We'll uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye.